Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. The pre-made year, session number 304. Hello and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. First, a med student. Gotta get that acceptance. Welcome, welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you for joining me for episode 300. And four. It's crazy to think that almost six years ago, I started this podcast because I kind of got tired of writing articles for the website. And here I am over two, almost two and a half million downloads later, 300 episodes later, helping thousands upon thousands of students get in to medical school. I'm glad you joined me. I have an interesting topic today, one that I've talked about a bunch here and there and everywhere. But apparently I've never done a dedicated episode to picking a medical school. How do you choose a medical school? How do you create your med school list? That is what we're going to talk about today. And it's an interesting topic and one I think you may get frustrated with me about because as you'll find out, I really don't have this big scientific method of picking lists. And I actually don't like a lot of the tools that are out there and available for picking lists. And I don't like a lot of the the other thoughts that are out there for choosing medical schools. And so you will hear my thoughts today. And remember that these are just my thoughts. I'm just one lonely man in a basement talking into a microphone, talking to you right now. Now, my thoughts, I think, are a little valid. Again, I get to talk to ADCOM members every time I travel to pre-med conferences. I talk to them on the podcast. I ask them questions. And we have these discussions. And I'll, I'll tell you when some of them disagree with me. And, and some do. I've, I've had some conversations with them. And some will be like, well, don't you think? And I'm like, well, yeah, sure, maybe for that one school. But um, yeah, so we will dive into how to choose a medical school. And I want to talk about it from kind of a a do's and don'ts kind of way. And I want to start with the don'ts because I think these are the most common ways that students will start looking at how to choose medical schools. The number one thing that students do when they start to look at medical schools is what? 
They look at their GPA and they look at their MCAT score or potential MCAT score. They they hope. Maybe they're they're looking at creating a school list before they have an MCAT score. Hint, don't do that. Creating a school list is one of the last things that you need to do in the application process. Sure, you need to understand some of the key schools that you may be applying to, uh, some of your in-state schools maybe, or your dream school maybe, just to make sure that you have the prereqs that are required for them, you have the, the, the letters of recommendations that are required for those schools. But for a full school list, it's one of the last things that you need to do that I think you need to do. It's one of the last things that when I'm working with students, it's one of the last things that I have them do. And it's because it's just a distracting thing. It's something that you can get tied up in so many details. And I don't think you need to get distracted at, at such an early point in the process when you should be focusing on personal statement, on extracurriculars, on so much more. A school list can come last. Now, I think we'll start with one of the most basic things. And you will disagree with me on this, maybe 100% or not. But as far as picking a medical school, in my mind, there should be no difference between MD and DO. So when you're picking medical schools, don't think I'm only applying to MD schools or I'm only applying to DO schools. Do you want to be a physician? If the answer is yes, then apply to both because applying to both, especially if you're interested in certain locations, applying to both will allow you to increase your odds, assuming that there are DO schools in that location you are interested in. Or if you're thinking about applying DO only, assuming there are MD schools in the location that you are planning to apply to. So in my mind, there's zero reason that a student should not be applying to both MD and DO. So that's right off the bat. Now let me cover one thing uh, also real quick. Uh, I'm going way off my notes, but that's okay. Another thing how many schools to apply to, which should be in my notes, but it just wasn't. But I want to cover it now. How many schools should you apply to? Let's talk about the average, right? The average number of schools that students apply to for AMCAS, which is the American Medical College Application Service for MD schools outside of Texas public schools. The average for AMCAS is 14 schools. The average for a COMIS which is the American Association of Colleges of Osteopathic Medicine Application Service, which is a mouthful. That's for DO schools outside of the public DO schools in Texas. The average for COMIS is nine. So you have 14, you have nine. If students are applying to both, you assume, hey, the average is 23. And what about Texas? I actually don't know the average uh, TMDSAS. I'm assuming it's all nine or 10 schools, whatever it is in Texas now, because Texas is one fee to every school. And so I'm assuming that most school, most students just apply to all of them in one fell swoop. So uh, add those to your list if you're a Texas resident. So number of schools, 14 is the average for MD, nine is the average for DO, and then Texas is Texas. So that is how many schools should you apply to? I don't know. I'm telling you the average, how big is your budget? How many schools do you want to apply to? How many secondaries 
do you want to write? How many interviews do you want to go on? I actually created a tool. It's not 100% flushed out. The actual page isn't 100% flushed out, but the tool itself is available. If you go to medicalschoolhq.net and you search for medical school application cost and just uh, just search that medical application medical school application cost and you'll get an estimator and it's a pretty awesome esti- estimator it has a little um, a little dial that you pull and you pick how many MD schools you're applying to how many DO schools you're applying to so let's go ahead and, and pick the averages so if you apply to 14 MD schools and nine DO schools. We're going to say zero Texas schools. Uh, And it it lets you pick what airport you are flying out of. I'm going to pick Denver since that's around where I live. The price for AMCAS is $677. Now, if you qualify for FAP, there's a little button. You can qualify for FAP for uh, the AAMC or through ACOM for the DO schools. You can click those and the prices will adjust as necessary. So 14 schools would go down to zero for for AMCAS and nine schools um, would adjust down for uh, ACOMIS. So you're looking at the AMCAS application at $677, ACOMIS application $555. You're looking at secondary application fees. Now I based it on an average of $75 per secondary. That's $1,725 if you submit all of those secondaries. Travel, you're looking at about $2,000 in lodging based on a national average of hotel costs and two nights per interview. Uh, I'm assuming 23 applications, you'll get seven interviews. Remember, this is just an estimation. A lot of students may get more than that. Some students may get less. It all depends on you and your application. This is just a tool to estimate roughly just to see potentially how much you have to save for your applications. Airfare, $2,000 based on the FAA data from the city that you picked. Food based on $30 a day for traveling. Your estimated deposit. Now, if you are applying to ACOMA schools, I'm saying that your deposit is $2,000 because some of those DO schools will just rip you off and have ridiculous non-refundable deposits. Uh, So I'm putting $2,000 there if um, if you put that you are applying to DO schools. So the average for 13 or 14 MD schools, nine DO schools, the estimated costs, including interfolio fees for letters of recommendations, an MSAR account, and estimated transcript fees, $9,638. This is probably an overestimation. I, I'm okay with that. Uh, if half of your interviews are local, some students were like, what if I'm local? If half of the interviews are local and you don't need airfare or hotels, the estimated cost would be $7,300. So use that tool. Again, it's medicalschoolhq.net and just search for medical school cost estimator, application cost estimator. You can find it. uh, You can just Google it too. Uh, Hopefully it'll come up. So with that said, how many schools? The average is 23, MD and DO if you're applying to both. I wouldn't apply to more than 30. It may seem easy just to go click, 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 click. Yes, 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 yes. Here's my $37. Here's my $46, whatever it is for that extra school for AMCAS, for that extra school for Comus. Texas, again, it's one flat fee for every school. So that's easy. Uh, 
the hard work comes on the back end when all those secondaries start coming in and you go, oh, shoot, I don't have time to write all these essays. And now you've wasted $37, $46, whatever it is, because you have no intention of filling out that secondary because you're overwhelmed with all of the other ones that you're getting. And remember, depending on when you apply, actually, for the most part, secondaries really come in in one big rush, except for the schools that will screen for their secondaries. So you get you get a full uh, full gamut of secondaries coming all at once, typically uh, at least over a one-week period at the most for, for the majority of schools. So they come in hard and fast, and you have to turn them around as fast as you can, which is why I always recommend pre-writing your secondaries. We're creating a database on medicalschoolhq.net as well for uh, all the secondary questions. So that is coming eventually, soon, hopefully, maybe at some point uh, we're working on that. Uh, so, so that's how many schools. 23 is average. I wouldn't apply to more than 40 or more than 30 rather. I've had some students apply to 40, some students apply to 50. And I'm just like, wow, like, okay like if if you if you know that the consequences are you're just going to be writing a ton uh then then go ahead uh, and obviously it's going to cost a lot um and are you going to follow through with all of those secondaries are you going to follow through if you are invited for an interview there's a lot of ifs uh, what what ifs when you are applying to that many schools so that's how many schools to look at D-O-M-D, apply to both is my thinking. 23 schools is average. Don't apply to more than 30. So how do we start to narrow down that school list? As I mentioned earlier, the majority of students are going to go, what's my MCAT score? What's my GPA? And they're going to go where? They're going to go to the MSAR, the Medical School uh, Admissions Requirements website, which is a tool from the AAMC. You have to pay for it. Everything you have to pay for by the AAMC. And that's okay. Uh, they, they do a lot of work putting all of that information together. And so you sign up for an account for the MSAR and you go to the schools and you say, okay, here's my MCAT, here's my GPA. Oh, look, the average MCAT for this school is a 511. I'm only at a 507, therefore I shouldn't apply because my, my score is below their average. And the first thing I say is that is not an average. The number that you're looking at on the MSAR is the median number. The median number. Half the class is below it. Half the class is above it. If half the class is below that number, why would you not apply if your number is below that score? Think about that. Half of the class is below that MCAT number. Half of the class is below that GPA number. If your MCAT is below, if your GPA is below, why would you not apply to that medical school? Half of the class is with you. Half of the class, half of the students who are already in that class, who are already at that medical school, have scores that are also below their median number. Do not use MCAT and GPA to narrow down your list. And this is one where I had this conversation with an ADCOM member who was a previous ADCOM member at more of a uh, prestigious school. And she's like, well, why wouldn't they narrow it down? I'm like, because it's a median number. Half the class is above, half the class is below. She's like, yeah, but when I was at at this prestigious school, 
like the board, the 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 people who told the the admissions committee kind of what the profile of the class they wanted, they're like, we want a 520 average or 521 average for our MCAT students. I'm like, okay, great. That's your school. That's fancy school. That's not every school. And so when you are looking at that median number, it means nothing. If you have to, if, if you just are, are dying, I'd say, Dr. Gray, I need to use MCAT and GPA. I need to use MCAT and GPA. Look at the 10th percentile. If you are well below the 10th percentile mark, then maybe don't pick that school. But I'm telling you, don't use MCAT and GPA to pick your schools. Don't assume that you can't get into any of these schools for whatever reason. These schools are putting together a community of students that they are hoping will mesh together well to create a community for the next four years of your life. You have no idea if there's something in your application that the, that the admissions committee is looking for and they're going to look at your application and go, hey, we've been looking for someone with this kind of background. This is awesome. Oh, their MCAT's not stellar. Their GPA is okay. But their background, look at that experience. Let's invite them for an interview. Let's see what she has to say. You never know what they're looking for. So don't assume that you can't get into any school because there's always, always a chance. I, I always jokingly say, your chances of, of getting into a school that you don't apply to is 0%. Zero. If you don't apply there, it's zero. If you do apply there, it's more than that. When you're picking your schools, if you go onto Student Doctor Network, you go onto Reddit, you go onto any of these other forms, except for the Hangout. I, I haven't seen it much in the Hangout, which is good. The Hangout is, is our Facebook group, which has over 6,000 students in it now. Go check it out at... Uh, medical school hq.net slash group. If you go onto SDN, if you go onto Reddit, you will find that students talk about tiers upper tier, middle tier, lower tier medical schools. I am here to tell you that that is a pre med tier system. That is a pre med tier system. When you're applying to residencies, does the medical school matter? Yeah, a little bit. If you look at the, the data that shows what residency directors are looking for, the school is on that list, but it's very, very, very low on that list. The school doesn't matter. You matter. You as the student matter. Your board scores, your performances in your rotations, in your electives, not the school name. Are there great medical schools? Sure. I'm not naive, right? UCSF, Stanford, WashU, Harvard, Amazing medical schools. Are they hard to get into? Of course. Are they, are they great medical schools? Yes. Are they going to teach you more than any other medical school? No. They may offer you more experiences, different exposure to things. Are they going to teach you better? No. What you learn is, is on your own. Knowledge is a commodity. Previously, before the internet, you had to go to Harvard to get the best professor in the world because that is where he or she worked. But that knowledge is everywhere now with the internet. There are no tears when applying to medical schools. Don't look at a list and go, oh, 
let me have some high tiers, let me have some mid tiers, let me have some low tiers. That's a good mix. That's a, that's a Reddit and Student Doctor Network thing. That's, that's just a pre-med thing. So don't worry about that. And just a side note, I'm not talking bad about Student Doctor Network. We're working together. We're, we're collaborating. I had an amazing talk with, with uh, Dr. Lee Burnett, their founder. He's going to come on the podcast soon. And, and we're going to help put Student Doctor Network back together again. Kind of like Humpty Dumpty. We're going to work hard to, to put them back together. But that's a, a, a side note about Student Doctor Network. So tiers, don't, don't look at your list and go, okay, I, I have a good mix of high, mid, low tiers. On that same count, there's no such thing as safe schools. There's no such thing as safe schools. Are there such things as reach schools? Maybe, I guess. If you're like a, a 3.0 student and a, a 4.90, right? You, you still have to be realistic as you go through this process. I'm, I'm not saying if, if you're a 2.5 student with a 4.90 MCAT score that you should be applying to Harvard. I, I'm not, like, I, that's not what I'm saying. You need to have some basis in reality and some level of competitiveness to go, okay, my GPA is about average based on all applicants or all matriculants last year. My MCAT score is about average on about for all matriculants last year. You have to have some knowledge of that as you are looking around and, and thinking through these things. But that shouldn't be the end all be all. So when you are looking at safety schools and reach schools and get that vocabulary out of your mouth, out of your brain, because that doesn't exist as, as either. Right? There's no such thing. Getting into medical school is hard, no matter what school you are applying to. Okay. Another thing that keeps popping up a bunch for students is looking at match lists. What does their match look like? And I'm here to tell you that, again, the match for the medical school should have no bearing on whether or not you apply to that medical school. Let's say you're super interested in neurosurgery and you look at these schools and go, hey, look, their match rate for neurosurgery is super high every year. Look, they have so many students applying for neurosurgery and getting in every year. But what you are missing from that conversation is why. Why does that happen, right? Correlation, not causation. Is there some amazing neurosurgery attending at that medical school that gets a ton of people excited about neurosurgery and writes amazing letters of recommendations because he's a world-renowned uh, neurosurgeon. And everybody who, who sees this letter of recommendation goes, well, if, if, if Sally says that uh, Johnny is a good student, then, then we're going to, to rank him high in our match and hopefully he matches with us. So you, you don't know the, the circumstances behind that match list. And again, the student, not the school, is what matches. The student matches your board scores, which is how well you do on your national board exams, will determine your ability to rank. Your performance in your first two years, your performance in your second two years, your performance in your elective rotations will determine if you will rank if you will match at these programs. Will 
access and exposure to certain schools, to certain residency programs, make it potentially easier to match? Sure. Again, I'm not being naive here. If you go to a school that has a world-renowned neurosurgery program, they have 10 spots and the majority of schools only have five, and then there's a high likelihood of, of students matching from that one school because you have exposure to that program all four years that you're there and you get to know everybody and you form great relationships. Does that matter? Of course. That sort of exposure matters. And that's something I'll talk about a little bit later when, you, when I'm telling you what to do when picking these schools. But don't just look at the match list and go, ooh, this school matches well for pediatrics, right? There may be, again, uh, some badass pediatrician who is uh, just selling to every student going through her, their peds rotation, look how awesome pediatrics is. And all these students who are thinking about internal medicine, who are thinking about family practice, who are thinking about neurology, whatever, are going, wow, pediatrics is pretty cool. And then they go and they match in pediatrics, and you have one school out there that has a huge pediatric match list because there's one awesome attending that is converting all of these students. You don't know what's happening behind the scenes that's dictating these numbers. So don't look at a match list to look at whether or not you should apply to those schools. It doesn't matter. You matter. Your performance, your board scores, your performance in your rotations. That's what matters. There's a service out there where you you log in, I think it's uh, I don't even want to name it the, the 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 program the the website, but you you pick a school and it shows like your 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 chances of getting into that school. And anything that that will tell you will predict your chances of getting to a school is a tool that you should look at with a huge grain of salt because, no tool will predict your chances of getting into medical school. I don't care how much data you give it, including your DNA. Right? You give it your MCAT, your GPA, your ethnicity, where you're from, your, your state's uh, residency, et cetera, um, your income, your, what your parents do, your social security number, your credit card information, whatever you give it, it will not predict your chances of getting into that medical school. What it is doing is showing you past data to show, hey, these are the students who got in last year, the year before, the year before that. It is not predicting your chances moving forward. No tool will give you that information. So just think about that as you are putting together your list. All right, so let's get into what I always talk about are things that you should be looking at. These are more tangible things, things that potentially will affect you and your ability to perform well. One of the things I, I'm surprised I haven't said it yet in this episode, one of the things I always talk about is don't go to a great medical school. Go to a medical school that will make you great. That is how you make a difference. That is how you match. So how do you pick a medical school? Here's what I suggest you do. These are things that you can research. These are things you can look up. These are things that are important to you. Where is it located? Is it close to family? Is it far away from family? Maybe you want to be away from your mom and dad or your maybe an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend that's gone a little haywire, right? Maybe you want to be away from those people. You want to be away from bad influences. You want to be away from 
whatever it is you want to be away from. Or maybe you want to be close by to family because they are your support structure. Location. So find a map of medical schools in the country. We need to have one on medicalschoolhq.net. We don't have one yet. Uh, I want to have one. Uh, Find a map and look at locations. See where the medical schools are clustered around and and find those populated areas. Find find those areas where you want to be. Do you want to be on the East Coast? Do you want to be on the West Coast? Do you want to be North? Do you want to be South? Do you like the cold? Weather is an important thing to look at. Do you like the cold? Do you like the heat? If you've been in Florida your whole life, you're like, I'm going to go try Buffalo, right? Maybe that's not the best idea. Maybe you should visit Buffalo in December and January to see if you really like Buffalo in December and January, right? Location, weather, what's the class size? Are you looking for a more intimate relationship with your classmates? Uh, Class size less than 100 or 100? Or are you looking for the opportunity to meet a lot of new friends and you're looking at classes that are like 200 or even 300. What's the class size? What's the curriculum? Is it a traditional curriculum? Is it problem-based learning? Is it a flipped classroom? Is it a systems-based curriculum? What does that curriculum look like? What would you like? I went to New York Medical College and when I went, it was a traditional curriculum and I would have done much better grade-wise, if I was in a systems-based curriculum. That's just something you have to be self-aware through this process. You have to be true to who you are to determine what you want and where you think you will thrive, which is where you come back to my, my saying, go to a medical school that will make you great. Now, I talked earlier about residency programs. And if you are dead set on something, as you are applying to medical school, it's, whether it's psychiatry, because you have uh, family history of mental illness or addiction or whatever it is. Maybe it's neurology because grandma or grandpa had brain cancer or Alzheimer's or ALS, whatever it is. Or you just love kids and you want to be in pediatrics. Whatever it is that you think you are dying to get into, remember this. The data shows that about 75% of the students who go to medical school thinking about a particular specialty will change their mind. And so you go through this process looking at the match list, right? I didn't mention that as part of the match list thing, uh, reason why not to look at the match list. But you go through this process and you pick your medical school based on the match list, based on access to a residency program. And you're like, yes, this, I, w- I want to be an orthopod and this school is, is close to this great residency program with top-notch orthopedics, and I'm going to do research with them starting freshman year, and I'm going to get to know them, and they're going to love me, and that's where I'm going to to rank number one, and that's where I want to match. And then you get to medical school, and you start your your required rotations third year, and you go to ortho, and you're like, oh, man, maybe this isn't what I thought it was all about. And you, you go to pediatrics, and you're like, ooh, like, I love kids. I love their parents. This is awesome. And you realize that the pediatric residency program at that hospital is actually not very good. And you're like, well, now what do I do? Now you don't have exposure to a good residency program. So picking medical schools based on uh, potential residencies is kind of a don't do it. Uh, or don't do it from a match list perspective. Do it. If you are 100% dead set on a residency program, a particular specialty, knowing that 75% of students change their mind anyway, 
look at schools, look at uh, proximity to residencies, where those, those teaching hospitals are, where those programs are, um, for where you could get exposure to uh, dermatology, plastic surgery, orthopedics, radiology, whatever it is, if there's a residency program there for something that you may be interested in. So those are the things that I have for choosing a medical school. And you go, wait, wait, that's it? And yeah, that's it. All right, some of the things to throw in at the very end, tuition would be very, very end. And tuition is really only there if you're looking at multiple medical school acceptances. If you have multiple acceptances, then sure, look at tuition. Try to see if you can get uh, financial aid packages from one school versus another. Try to fight them, pit them against each other so that they can throw more money at you. But tuition right off the bat, I would not use. A lot of students will be like, but but I don't want to take out a lot of loans. Well, do you want to get into med school? Right, The one school that you're not applying to because their tuition is $10,000 more a year, that may have been the school that would have accepted you this cycle. And now you didn't get in, and now you have to take a gap year, and now you have to reapply, and now you're $10,000 in the hole because you have to reapply, whatever it is, right? And so it's like, well, that was one year's worth of tuition that you just had to pay anyway. Apply, don't look at tuition until you have multiple acceptances. One of the biggest things, obviously, that I, that I completely forgot uh, is state residency. When you are applying to medical schools, if you are a California resident applying to California public schools, you will have in-state residency, right? That's in-state. And most public state schools, most public state schools will have preference for their in-state applicants. There are some private schools that have preference for their in-state applicants, but not all. There are a few out there. Don't know them off the top of my head. I have one off the top of my head that I can think of, uh, but I, I won't say it. Uh, but there are there are some out there who do have some state preference, even though they are private school. So if you are a California resident applying to the University of Colorado, you are at a lower chance of getting into Colorado because you are an out-of-state applicant. If you are an out-of-state applicant, ask yourself, why am I applying to this public out-of-state school. Do I have ties to the state? Do I have ties to the school? If I don't have either of those things, why am I applying? I'll give you an example of a student who applied, a student who I worked with last cycle. He's now here at the University of Colorado where I teach, and he is uh, didn't really have any uh, ties to Colorado, but he wanted to come to Colorado because he's a rock climber, and rock climbing is huge in Colorado. And so when they ask about, why do you want to come to Colorado? He obviously talked about the school and, and the programs and, and specific stuff about the school. And oh, the, oh, by the way, I'm an avid rock climber and I'd love to, to rock climb to relieve stress in med school, whatever it is that he said. He got in as an out-of-state applicant to a public school. Obviously, his MCAT score was good enough. His GPA was good enough. If you are applying to an out-of-state public school and you don't have strong ties to that school but you just want to apply because it's cool, you better have really solid stats, right? Again, I'm not naive to the, the fact that MCAT and GPA matter. You better have really good stats for an out-of-state applicant. Remember that applying out-of-state, out-of-state tuition, 
depending on where you go, it may take a year. You may not be able to qualify for in-state tuition all four years. It all depends on the state. Uh, and out-of-state tuition is is usually substantially more than in-state because for most schools, most states, the state is subsidizing the in-state students. And as an out-of-state student, you are not being subsidized, and so you are paying the difference of what the state was paying the medical school. So you're not necessarily paying more for medical school. You're just paying what the state was paying for the other students who were in-state. So residency status is is a big one for where to apply, how to pick your schools. Don't apply to a lot of out-of-state public schools because for the most part, the the chances of getting into those schools is a lot, lot lower. This is one where the MSAR comes in handy. The MSAR shows you how many in-state applicants there are, how many out-of-state applicants there are, who they're interviewing in-state and out-of-state, what their acceptance levels are in-state and out-of-state. So check out the MSAR for those. The, The MSAR is for MD schools. There is the college information book for DO schools, but it's nowhere near as um, as feature-rich, as data-rich as the MSAR is. All right, so I wanted to run down. I asked on Instagram, I said, I'm doing an episode about picking medical schools. What questions do you have? So we're, we're going to run through these questions really quickly. All right, so researching schools, how to choose, and how do you really have time to do research? Well, you make time. Right, you make the time to research. Are state schools easier to get into than out-of-state schools? So we just talked about residency status. Are they easier to get into? Not necessarily do they give you preference to if you are an in-state applicant, most definitely. Right, some schools have, have, a, um, have a rule that they will interview every in-state applicant, period. Some schools have that rule. How many to apply to? We talked about that. The average is 23. What are the different types of teaching styles that most schools have? So we talked a little bit about that. You have traditional curriculum. You have systems-based curriculum. You have a problem-based learning. You have these flipped classrooms. Uh, you have uh, um, a couple other ones that I can't think of off the top of my head. So there are different ones. So research those and see which ones you may like. Some schools like LECOM in, in Erie will have different tracks. So you apply to the medical school, you get into the medical school, and then they ask you, okay, you're accepted. Do you want PBL? Do you want it? So they have different learning style tracks for all of their students. I only want to be a DO. We talked about really only applying DO. I don't necessarily believe in that. Uh, Should I do the TCOM early decision program? So we didn't talk about this. I I think, uh, I don't know if this is enough for a standalone podcast. I'll talk about it right here. Applying early decision, in my mind, is typically not advisable unless you have really good stats and very super strong ties to that medical school. Applying early decision for the majority of students is more of a risk than it is a benefit. And so I typically will say not to apply early decision. How should those with children search out more family-friendly schools? Great question. Something I haven't talked about. And this is something where you'll just have to go onto Reddit, go onto Student Doctor Network, and ask those questions. Find students at those schools and ask those questions to say, hey, I have a family. What resources are available? Uh, I'm working on a tool on my website called Med School Reviews. It'll actually be medschoolreviews.com. It'll, it'll go back to my website where medical students can leave reviews of their medical school. 
And family friendliness will be one of those questions to say, hey, one star to five stars, how family friendly is the medical school? Like if you have kids, how accommodating are they? So that's med school reviews. That's something that's coming in the future. How should we consider the support and prep offered for step one when choosing a school? You don't. A lot. Some students were like, uh, when I ask, why are you interested in school during mock interviews? They're like, well, you have six weeks of prep for step one. I'm like, well, the school doesn't, oh, it just frustrates me. The, you prepare for step one. The school giving you six weeks, sure, that's awesome, whatever. But you prepare for step one. The school may pay for firecracker for different different prep materials. Great. You could pay for those on your own too if you go to school that doesn't offer it. You prepare for step one. The school doesn't prepare you for step one. Everybody knows what's on step one, what's on level one for, for DO schools, for Comlex. All the schools are teaching for you to prepare for that test. It's up to you to learn it, to integrate it, to, to, to act on it, and to execute it on test day. What's a good strategy to shorten a list in state, then class size, et cetera? So definitely state residency, class size, location, um, uh, curriculum, all of that fun stuff. What are the important factors out of fit tuition, boards, pass rate, and rotations, electives, et cetera. So again, all of those things that we talked about. How does one get scholarship money if you are that good, if you have multiple offers? So you you hopefully will get a financial aid package from a school and you go to another school that you really want to go to, maybe who hasn't offered a financial aid package yet to you. And you say, school A, I really want to come to your school. Here's why. School B has offered me this much money. Can you match it? Can you do better? Please tell me because I want to come here. And you just have that conversation, open and honest conversation. Should residency match rate be a factor picking schools? Absolutely not. We talked about that. What is the most important quality when selecting schools to make sure it is a good fit? This is one of the hardest things that this makes sure it is a good fit. It's hard to judge culture. It's hard to judge fit just by reading a website and looking at the MSAR. One of the podcasts that I want to start, I have a lot of projects here that I keep talking about. Uh, it's called Med School Open House, Medical School Open House, where I talk to the deans of admission, the deans of the medical schools, to a student. Uh, I want to have those three people on the podcast, which is why I haven't done it yet, because it's a lot of people to talk to. Um, but I, I want to talk to them and and have that conversation, because I think it'll it'll make the the website, the MSAR, everything come to life. And you'll you'll get to hear more of what the medical school is all about versus just reading it online. It's hard. Unless you go to a school, you go to an open house, you talk to students, it's hard to understand what that fit will look like. In-state versus out-of-state, we already talked about, do you choose a school by ranking? What factors help you have the most success after? I can't believe I didn't talk about how not to choose a medical school. 100% 100% do not choose a medical school based on the U.S. News and World Reports ranking. The U.S. News, World and Reports ranking, I've, I've done an article or a blog post about the, the um, criteria that goes into picking the, the top schools in that list. And the majority of that data is subjective data. And the rest of the data is data that has nothing to do with the quality of the medical school. So do not use the U.S. News rankings. What are the options for teaching, i.e. flip classroom, et cetera? We talked about that a bunch already. What are some major characteristics to look for? Only thing uh, I look for is location. 
So yeah, we talked about location, classroom, uh, class size, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Do med schools have preferences for certain universities? Why? How can this help me? So there are some schools out there. If you look at something like um, Riverside, right? You see Riverside. They have preference for the specific Inland Empire students because they want to train students for that area who will who will stay in that area and provide care for patients in that area. Think of all public schools that way. That's why they have preference for in-state applicants. They want to train future physicians to treat patients in and around the area where that school is. And so is there preference for certain universities? Not specifically for the universities, but for specific areas. Uh, and maybe that area includes the university. And so you'll see uh, a school like UC Riverside that has a lot of preference for those schools in Riverside. Uh, should I match or should I based on residency matching rate? Absolutely not. We talked about that. The most important thing to look for when choosing GPA? Absolutely not. State of residency? Sure, maybe a little bit. Acceptance rate? No. Um, acceptance rate is just, it is what it is. A lot of students apply. Not a lot of students get in. Acceptance rates for most schools are, are pretty low. Uh, top three things when looking to consider a school. We talked about a, a bunch of those things. So did you visit every school you think you may want to go to? In an ideal world, yes. In in a realistic world, you have no time to do that. What should you know about it beyond the mission, curriculum, research opportunities, etc.? So I have a video on Facebook. So if you go to facebook.com slash medical school HQ slash videos and you search for um, research medical schools and I run through how to research these medical schools. I, I show you how to search on Instagram. I show you how to search on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, on YouTube and, and look for information that's out there that may help you do this research. So do all of that. Again, that's facebook.com slash medical school HQ slash videos and search for research medical schools. It's a video from, uh, I don't even know when it was from. So that's not helpful. Let me see. It's from August 14th, 2017. What's a good number of schools to apply to? We talked about that. Uh, is it better to try to go to in-state or out-of-state? Uh, it's not better or worse to go in-state or out-of-state. It's just different. Should I get Texas residency if it means another gap year? 25-year-old, non-trad, uh, so a lot of students do this. They move to Texas because Texas has a lot fewer applicants. Uh, they give amazing state preference. Uh, 90% of the students have to be uh, in-state uh, Texas residents. And so a lot of students will move to Texas, get residency status, and apply to Texas medical schools. You can do that if you want to be in Texas, right? if you want to be in Texas. Remember that moving to Texas will hurt your chances of applying to whatever state you moved out of for those public schools. How do I even start? Should it be based on location? Go from there. Definitely, we talked about that. How do I determine school is best fit for you? We talked about, about that a bunch. Does the, does the medical school you attend affect your likelihood of getting into a competitive residency? The school, we talked about that, has very little to do with your chances of getting into the residency. You matter. You matter. Going to a school where rotations are at a community health center, like AT still. So DO schools, this is something we didn't really talk about. DO schools, for the most part, are have 
rotation set up at more community-based hospitals, uh, whereas MD schools typically are at these large urban academic medical centers. And that's just how our medical school system got set up. The, the medical schools were around these big hospitals. The MD medical schools and DO schools have been popping up later, uh, not technically affiliated with these huge academic medical centers. And so students have to travel around a little bit more to go to their rotations third and fourth year. So um, should, you, should you choose a medical school based on that? I don't know if I choose a medical school based on that, but does it affect your uh, well-being? Maybe if you have a family, that going back to the family question, if you have a family and you're at a DO school and you have to travel a bunch third and fourth year to do your rotations, how much will that affect your family life? Or can you figure it out to stay closer uh, during those years? All right. There are a lot more questions. And uh, I think, oh, I'm just going to scroll through them. So non-traditional friendly schools. A, a lot of students will try to look at ages of students at the schools. What's the highest age? What's the lowest age? And see, are they non-trad friendly? Uh, they are looking again for students. Medical schools are looking for students to create a community in their class. Does that mean they're non-traditional friendly, not non-traditional friendly? Not necessarily. So again, I wouldn't look at non-traditional friendly as part of it. Trying to find out uh, one student's writing about GPA cutoffs. Med schools have cutoffs for GPA, cutoffs for MCAT scores, or they can have cutoffs for those things. And is it worthwhile to find out if you have a lower GPA is it worthwhile a lower MCAT score? Is it worthwhile to find out what those cutoffs are? You could. You'd spend a lot of time emailing every school, calling every school to say, hey, I'm thinking about applying to your school. Uh, my GPA is 2.9. Will my application be filtered out? Some medical schools will be honest with you and say, yes, we filter out everything less than 3.0. Some schools will, will say, oh, yeah, we look at every application. Eh, it might not be the truth. So something to think about that. Uh, how do you get into NYU and get free tuition? You work really hard as a pre-med student. That's how you do it. Um, Pass-fail schools, that is not something I would look at applying to. Um, a lot of medical schools are pass-fail. They don't rank their students. Uh, ranking is part of something when you're applying to residencies. You get a dean's letter, which talks about who you are. It aggregates a lot of the information from your rotations, the feedback on your rotations, and a lot of times we'll give a ranking on where you rank based on your peers. And some schools are going away from that to make medical school less competitive. So that's something else to think about. Some pass-fail schools still rank you. And so is it truly a non-rankable system, a non-ranking system? That's something to think about. Uh, will that hurt you for residencies? Not necessarily. Uh, they just have different ways of classifying who you are. There's different language that they use. Instead of saying that you're 50th out of 100 students, they have a different way to say you are a, a good student instead of saying you are excellent or outstanding. Or there's still ways of, of getting this information across to program directors. Um, I think that is about all the questions that I have. This is probably the most in-depth I've gone into how to choose medical schools I, I think uh, hopefully 
some of you are listening to this going, well, you didn't tell me anything. You just told me to look at a map. I'm like, yeah, basically, right? Apply to medical schools. You will get into 0% of the medical schools that you don't apply to. And that's what it comes down to. Some students are very surprised with where they get interviews because they added a school because I said, do you want to go there? Apply. And they get an interview. They get accepted. They're like, oh, I wouldn't have applied there if you didn't push me to apply. You don't know what the medical school is looking for. Therefore, you should apply. Again, you have to be realistic with everything, but apply. What's the worst that's going to happen? They tell you no. Well, you weren't going to apply anyway, so you weren't going to get in anyway. Don't be scared of the rejection. Don't be scared of the $37 or $46 or whatever it is that you're throwing in the stack to add to uh, add to your debt. So go check out our applications cost estimator. If you just go to medicalschoolhq.net and search for med school application costs, you'll find that tool there. Look at the MSAR. Check out, uh, keep checking out our website if you're listening to this later. Hopefully uh, medschoolreviews.com is up and running. If you're listening to this closer to uh, the end of 2018, it probably isn't up yet, up and running yet. I'm hoping to have that up in 2019. Um, but I wish you the best in your application cycle. I wish you the best in picking medical schools, and hopefully you end up at a medical school that is the perfect fit for you. But remember, you won't know until you go on the interview. One of the best stories I'll, I'll leave you with is a student who went to an interview at a school that was last on her list. And she left that interview with that school now being her number one choice because she went and she saw the school. She talked to the students. She saw the facilities. She talked to the faculty. She saw the culture and the community. And she said, this is where I need to be. So keep that in mind when you're looking at mission statements and vision statements and you're staring at the MSR and you're, you're pulling your hair out. You won't know until you go. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on The Pre-Med Years.